Blog Talk Radio. It's time now for the Conqueror's Cafe Show. Your hour of empowerment and inspiration with your host, Twyla Reed, author of Broken Wings. Here we encourage you to spread your broken wings and keep soaring by the power of God as you transform your tragedies into empowering moments. Thank you for joining us today. We are here every Sunday night at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have a very special guest today that's here to share their testimony of hope and healing with us all. So don't move because you are definitely in for a treat today here on the Conqueror's Cafe. Good evening, good evening, everyone, and happy Sunday. Um, welcome, welcome to the Conqueror's Cafe. I'm your host, Philo Reed. I'm also known as your tragedy to strategy mentor. I'm the author of Broken Wings, which is a true story of a mother's unwavering love for her son in the aftermath of a horrific car accident, which left him with a severe traumatic brain injury. <clears throat> that mother's son, my friends, is my son and I. And this book is about our journey. It's our journey through his recovery. It's our testimony of hope and healing and how we use prayer and how we use perseverance to overcome the hardships that we endured during that time. I'm also the founder and CEO of Broken Wings Incorporated, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization designed to provide awareness about traumatic brain injuries to communities while providing support. We provide resources, tips, and brain injury prevention insight. We educate, empower, and we enlighten brain injury survivors, their caregivers, as well as their family members by teaching them how to have the life that they desire after dealing with the devastation and the challenges that accompany a traumatic brain injury by providing real-time working strategies to ideal well-being. <clears throat> I've been a little bit under the weather. Uh, I don't know. I think the enemy, you know, I truly believe that when you're doing something productive for the Lord, that uh, you will be attacked from all angles, and the enemy has truly tried to attack my voice on this evening. But nonetheless, we are going to push through this evening. I'm so glad that you guys are here with us on this evening. A few of my books that I would like to introduce to you all, uh, first book is Affirmations for the Mind, Body, and Soul, which is a guide for survivors of traumatic events. And when I wrote this book, the Holy Spirit revealed to me how so many of us, after dealing with a traumatic event, you know, life can become chaotic, it can become hectic, and sometimes you just feel like you, that your life is over and that you're not going to make it. The challenges that you face can become so overwhelming and it can really push you into a state of isolation. But this is the time that you cannot give up and it is the time that you cannot give in. It's the time to understand the power of your words because it is through your words where you will find the strength and the will to turn your situation around. I've also written my journey goal-setting journal. And, you know, we are down to the wire in 2018. And how many of us know that as Christians, we do not make New Year's resolutions, right? We set goals. And if your goals are not centered around God's vision and plans for your life, then guess what? You may very well be on the wrong path, okay? 
And well, you know what? Not you may be, you are. Because how many of us know that if your day-to-day activities aren't leading you towards you achieving your goals and the things in your life that you expect to change or be different won't change or be different? And there's only one real secret to effective goal setting. There's only one, and that's just to start. Start setting your goals that are centered around God's vision and plan for your life. So that the things that you want in life, the things that you desire in life, God will give you those things. But we have to be following him. We have to be on the course that he has set for us. And next I would like to introduce to you all the Word, the Truth, and the Light Bible Study Notebook. For those who are searching for a tool to use during your Bible study time, this is definitely for you. Uh, One key difference between reading and studying is writing down what you actually hear and absorb. So whether you have no Bible experience or you've studied the Bible for years, this Bible study notebook provides an excellent intro to personal Bible study. And I guess this evening as well, uh, I can't wait to bring her on because she has a, a, a very awesome uh, book as well that we're going to be talking about tonight that you all will be able to use as well during your personal Bible study time. I want to um, also um, um, remind you guys that we are still taking orders for uh, what do you do when caregivers need caregiving. Uh, Our book, as you all know, made the Amazon number one best-selling list, and we are so happy um, to let you guys know that we are doing very well uh, with this book, and it's truly been a blessing to many caregivers that are out there. How many of you know that care? Givers have a very important role, and not only that, there's a lot of heartache and challenges that accompany that role. I often say that I think that God just puts something really special down on the inside of caregivers because everyone cannot fulfill the role of a caregiver. And so I want to uh, just remind you guys that uh, my books can be, um, you can go on my website, to learn more about uh, what we do here at Broken Wings and a little bit about author Twyla Reed, my website is www.twylareed.com. Again, I want you to remember if you are someone that you know have experienced a tragic event, I invite you to contact me. Let's create the life that you desire. Yes, that's right. In spite of all the challenges that you may be facing so that you become, can become the strategist of your own destiny. So interested parties can contact me for a free 20-minute consultation at 912-335-3799, or you can email me at info at com. So, again, we just want to say thank you guys so much for joining us on this evening. It's been an, it's been an amazing Sunday. Out of the weather in Savannah, Georgia, it's been sunny one moment and overcast the next, but I tell you what, Working up this morning to just see another day that God has graced us to see is enough all by itself to just give God thanks right there and just say, Lord, thank you for letting us see this day. So for that alone, it has been an amazing day. Again, I just want to welcome you to our show. Here on the Conqueror's Cafe, we highlight survivors of traumatic events who've made it out victorious, and now they are here to share their testimony of hope and healing with the world. And by doing that, they're offering encouragement and inspiration 
to you all that are listening to help you travel on your own personal journey. For today's episode or any of our other episodes, please visit our website at www.conquerscafe.com. We also invite you to like, follow, and share our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Conqueror's Cafe. Now, I'm not sure if some of you uh, um, that's listening, uh, you may be asking yourself uh, things and, uh, you know, about what's going on in the world today and how can we uh, find an outlet to be able to deal with the challenges that we're facing every day. And so I want to... uh, let you guys know that God is there and he is listening and he is waiting on us to just petition him and just come to him. And with that being said, I want to talk a little bit about, um, I guess, our scripture this evening. And the reason I say that, I want to do that at this point right here is because I want you all to truly understand the power of healing. How many of you know that there is power in healing? There is power in healing. I want to go to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 53 and 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Not will be healed, not might be healed. But with his stripes, we are healed. So for a few moments, I just want to remind you about divine healing and to let you know that divine healing is yours because Jesus paid the price for our healing. He paid the price. How do I know that Jesus paid the price for our healing? Well, the Bible tells us, that Jesus took 39 lashes on his back for our healing. And in those days, 40 lashes was the point where most people died because the torture was just too much for them to handle. Now, those 39 lashes were not for our sins. No, they were not. They were for our healing. The blood that Jesus shed during that particular time was solely for our healing. So my God, and I was like, oh, my God, our healing must mean something awful to God for Jesus to go through a near-death torture just for us to be healed. So no matter what the doctor says, no matter what the specialist says, our healing has been paid for with the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. So don't allow the enemy or anyone else to tell you otherwise. So I know that some of you listening may be asking, well, if that's true, why is it that so many Christians are sick? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's the same reason that the world won't be saved even though Jesus died for their sins. We must reach out and take what Jesus has given us through faith. We as believers, the ambassadors of Christ, are entitled to our healing. That's right. We are entitled to it. It is ours. We are inherently deserving. We have free admission to it. We don't have to work for it. We really don't even deserve it, but we are entitled to it. But 
if we don't reach out and, and accept what was given to us, then it will not manifest in our lives. So, again, the healing that Jesus took those lessons for, it is ours. We are entitled to it. It's entitled to every single believer. And I truly believe this for a number of reasons. Number one, it was paid for as part of the covenant package, which every believer is entitled to. But not only that, Mark 9 and 23 says that all things are possible to him who believes. Who what? Believes. You have to believe. And the message Bible says, Jesus said, if. There are no ifs among believers. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. So, and when I checked, I went to the dictionary, okay? So, and I wanted to to do a little bit of research here. And the word anything is used to refer to a thing, no matter what it is. So, in other words, all Everything, whatever it is, it does not matter. All things are possible to him who believes. And if you go a little bit further, go back to the Old Testament. I'm sorry, back back in the in, in the New Testament. There's not one single story in the New Testament where a Christian was sick or diseased and never received their healing. Every single person who came to Jesus for healing was healed. The woman with the issue of blood only touched the hem of his garment, and the Bible says she was immediately made whole. See, because it was her faith that allowed her healing to manifest. So, my friends, I just want to remind you all on this evening that divine healing is for us today. The scriptures are very clear that those who believe upon Jesus are automatically entitled to the promises of the new covenant. The Bible never tells us that this will end before the return of Christ. So, therefore, there is no biblical reason to believe that healing is not for us today. Hebrews 13 and 8 reminds us that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, as I close with this, I want to encourage you all to receive your healing evening. Know that it is rightfully yours. Repent of unconfessed sins. Release unforgiveness from your heart. Speak the word in faith. Jesus gave us the power to heal and to be healed. Therefore, speak to the part of your body that needs the healing and command it to be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. I want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors. Broken Wings Incorporated, a 501c3 nonprofit organization designed to provide awareness about traumatic brain injury to communities while providing support, resources, tips, and brain injury prevention insight. If you are a survivor of a traumatic brain injury or caregiver, please visit our website for more information at www.brokenwingsinc.org. Or you may call 912-335-3799. Sister Sense, for personalized candles and gift baskets for any occasions, please contact Nishari Davenport at 205-514-0866. Again, contact Nishari Davenport at 
866-668-0866 for all your custom-made personalized gift baskets and candles. And as a reminder, shipping is available. If you live in the Birmingham, Alabama area and you're looking for an organization where your child can be a part of a team where together everyone truly achieves more, a place where dance is a part of who they are as they encompass unity like never before, then the Birmingham Slayers is who they need to connect with. Please contact Ms. V at 479-899-2618 for more details. Again, thank you guys for joining us on this evening. I know many of you have probably eaten and you've nourished your physical bodies as well as your spiritual bodies today. I know you maybe had a nap or you may have watched some of your favorite TV shows, but now it's time for our Sunday evening tea here on the Conqueror's Cafe. And how many of you know that there are benefits of consuming tea? Tea contains antioxidants. It may reduce your risk of heart attacks and strokes. It may help with weight loss. It may protect your bones and keep a smile on your face. And I'm not talking about in the natural. I'm talking about in the spiritual. So you guys will catch that in a little bit, especially as we prepare to bring a guest on. So before we do that, I want to ask you all, how many of you also know that there are comfort in the scriptures? The Bible contains all that we need to maintain through any pain that we endure. And our guest here tonight, she's here to share with us how the scriptures are indeed intended to bring people back to the comfort they were originally designed to provide. So I want you guys to relax, sit back, kick your feet up as we prepare to be blessed by this true vessel of God. But we're going to take a quick break, so don't you go anywhere, because we will be right back.
Lord, my Terry Jovi, nothing is important, oh God, more important than you, oh God. I believe that you're my healer. You're all that I need. You're more than enough for me. Welcome back to the Conqueror's Cafe. I'm your host, Twyla Reed. Again, we have an amazing show lined up for you tonight. You're in for a treat on tonight. Minister Rhonda K. Smith is a native of Vicksburg, Mississippi, the only child of the late Daniel Ernest Smith and the late Mary Bell Marshall Smith, both of Claiborne County, Mississippi. She attended Vicksburg Public School and is a graduate of Vicksburg High School. Minister Smith attended Jackson State University on a full academic scholarship, graduating magnum cum laude and with other distinctions and earning a bachelor's degree in mass communications with a concentration in public relations and a minor in marketing. The same year, she became a founding member of the award-winning, internationally acclaimed Mississippi Mass Choir. She spent several years as a news reporter and staff writer for our hometown newspaper, receiving numerous awards from the Mississippi Press Association and the Associated Press Managing Editors Association. She went on to serve in a variety of public relations positions for nonprofit organizations and for local, state, and federal government agencies. After relocating to Atlanta in 2001, she finally accepted her call into the ministry and preached her first sermon December 31st, 2000. She has since earned a master's degree in theology and a master's of divinity in professional ministries from Liberty University based in Lynchburg, Virginia. She's an evangelist and a teacher, and her ministry objective is to use her ministry and professional experiences to serve in ways that focus on evangelism and community service to the least among us that is based in Christian education that supports the development of Christian disciples. She is now the author of the book, Comfort in the Scriptures, an introductory guide to personal Bible study and the development of discernment. Profits from the book sales will benefit the Sharing Comfort Outreach Program to those in shelters, halfway houses, juvenile detention centers, and anyone who needs to know their comfort of being safe in the Savior's arms. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Miss Rhonda K. Smith. Good evening, good evening. How are you on this evening? Good evening. I'm very happy to have this opportunity to share with you and your listeners. Amen. Well, it is an honor to have you with us on this evening. So thank you for just allowing us to share your testimony with the world. Uh, I, 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 I'd like to say this before we start because God has never failed. Those that have been on this show uh, walk away with, uh, you know, just feeling good and, and being reassured that their testimony of hope and healing truly inspired and motivated our listeners to want to know Jesus if they don't know Jesus or to just want to have a closer walk with him for those that do. So we, we know that tonight is not going to be any differently. So, again, we just want to say thank you for being here with us. And that is exactly what the ministry that God has called me to is all about. Um, it, it breaks my heart 
when I see people who, even those who are attending church, they're not actually walking in the promises and in the benefits that come with having a real relationship with Christ. And this is not in my book, but I was listening to your opening comments, and one of the things that I want to share with the listeners because uh, of what you said, in 2007, in the summer of 2007, I started to get ill. And I got increasingly worse, and nobody knew what was wrong with me. I went to all kinds of doctors, endured all kinds of tests. And, again, my faith was in physicians. And it was in October I finally went to a neurologist, and they had found what looked like a cloud in the right side of my brain. And the left side of my body, because the right side of your brain controls the left side of your body, I would sporadically and periodically lose control of the left side of my body. And, again, they took the x-rays and the CAT scans and the MRI, and they found this cloud that they said they'd never really seen anything like that before. And ultimately, they diagnosed me with multiple sclerosis. And I never will forget, I was sitting in the doctor's office in October. And when the doctor came in and told me that I had multiple sclerosis and that I was going to wither away and be nothing more than a vegetable, And when he told me that this was something that he couldn't handle, that nobody could do anything about, that is when I turned it over to the Lord. So, see, even me, who was born and reared and grew up in church, from July Mm. to October, I have had my faith. So we're going to talk about faith. My faith was in physicians and in medicine. But when they told me that there was nothing that they could do for me, (laughs) that is when I really started to pray. That is when I really turned it over to the Lord. And from that day when I sat in that doctor's office and I said out loud, the devil is a liar, because I knew that God had so much more that he wanted me to do. And I couldn't do that as a vegetable. So I knew that he was going to strengthen me and empower me and heal me to do the things that he has called me to do. And from that day in October, I started to get better. My healing began to manifest in my body. And when I went back to the doctor in December, the doctors were marveled because, see, you know, we like to get dressed up and be cute. I had been unable to wear high heels because I couldn't be (laughs) balanced because my left side was so weak. I got all dressed up like it was a Sunday morning to go to the doctor's office in December. And when I walked in the door, they just looked at me, and they had me walk in a straight line almost like you do a sobriety test if they pull you over thinking that you might be intoxicated. They had me, I walked that straight line in my high heel shoes. I sat down in the chair, and I lifted up my leg or my left leg and put it over my right knee, and I looked at them, and they told me they was like, the, all of the tests, the cloud that had been in my brain was gone. Mm. I understand I hadn't been on any oh, kind of med- medication or any kind of treatment. I had just prayed and put my trust in Jesus. And oh, within those few months, I was totally healed. And 
no signs of that problem ever before. In the midst of this also, I had, because of stress and some of the things Mm -hmm. that I do talk about in my book, I had high blood pressure that was totally out of control. And uh, in recent years, I haven't had to take any high blood pressure medication. My blood pressure is 100% normal because, again, I turned it all over to the Lord. My blood pressure was up because I was letting the cares of this world stress me out. Yes, yes. And that is not what God, especially we're supposed to be safe in his arms. We're supposed to trust him, that he's going to take care of us and provide all of our needs according to his riches and glory. We're supposed to cast all our cares on him. And when we do this, he delivers us from everything. The weapons are going to be formed, but no weapon formed against us will prosper if we know Mm. in whom we believe. And so that is what I share in my book. Again, the, the testimonies about my physical illnesses are not in that book. There'll be in a another book coming out in a year or two. But what Amen. I share in this book is uh some of my testimony and how I've always been able to find comfort in the scripture. And when I look at people in the world today who are enduring so many things you know, one of my favorite songs is What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And it says, oh, yes, what peace we yes. often forfeit. Oh, what needless pains we bear. All because we do not carry everything <laughs> to God Everything. And yes. that's what I, I, I want to encourage people to do. That is what my ministry is rooted and grounded in. And I just want everybody to not lift up Rhonda but to find their own comfort in the scripture yes. because it's there. Amen. You know, you said some things. I tell you, you got me on the edge of my seat here because, you know, just going back over what you just said right now, you said it wasn't until you gave it to the Lord that things started to turn around. And it just confirmed what the scripture just says in Mark 9 and 23, that all things are possible to him who believes. You have to believe. And, and, and I like to read from the message Bible because it just breaks it down a little bit more. And Jesus said, if you can believe. But that's the key right there. If you can believe. If you can believe, um, you know, back, you know, and, and you all know my testimony with, with my son back in June in 2001. It was it was the same thing, Rhonda. I tell you, we, we were in that really bad car accident, and my son was in a coma, and they told me he'd be in a vegetative state for the rest of his life. When he came out of the coma, he was paralyzed. But I believe you have to see things through your spiritual eyes and look beyond what you see in the natural, what you hear hearing in the natural, and you can go to the scriptures. There were several scriptures. In the back of my book, Broken Wings, I have a section in there that says scriptures that kept me. Scriptures that kept me. So since I know what you mean when you said there is comfort in the scripture because I was a lost cause. I didn't know if I was coming or going, going or coming. So I want to say thank you for being obedient and sitting down and hearing the voice of the Lord to write this book. Now, I want to to uh, go back a little bit when you first started writing. 
So when when had you written anything before this? Or when did you actually first start writing, and what inspired you to do so? Okay, writing in and of itself for me is natural. It is a gift that God gave me. And, again, I believe that we all have gifts, and we should all use the gifts that God has given us for his glory. And so writing comes very natural to me, and it has come natural to me since I learned my ABCs. I um, I think you mentioned when you introduced me that I was an award-winning journalist, and I still make my living. Um, in the secular community as a public affairs specialist, and that primarily consists of writing. So writing in and of itself comes very natural to me. But with regard specifically to this book, um, back in 19, from 1986 to 1989, and that's why the introduction to my book says that this particular book was more than 30 years in the making. So mm-hmm. in 1986, I was working my way through college when both of my parents became ill. And we went from a three-income household to really a zero-income household. And from 1986 to 1989, we basically lost everything that we had, and both of my parents died in 1989. Oh so I really lost mm-hmm. everything that I had. But because I had a strong foundation in a relationship with Christ, with God through Jesus the Christ, I had the scriptures and my faith to to keep me from losing my mind. And you have to think, remember, that I was in my 20s, and I was losing everything that had meant anything to me. And during that time, I studied my Bible, primarily the New Testament. And when I went to church and when I read my Bible, I jotted down the scriptures that were giving me comfort and that were sustaining me. And over a period of time, that list grew longer and longer and longer. When I finally accepted my call in ministry around 2006, because I didn't want to speak out of my flesh, when people would come to me for advice, I would share with them the scriptures that had comforted me and sustained me during those very difficult times in my life. And so this list has been growing since um, 1986, 89. And um, that is where this particular book comes from. Amen. Now, I want to talk about your book now. So if you had to put your book in a genre, what would be the genre of your book, and what would be the message behind the book that you are trying to portray to the readers? Well, certainly it's it's all about Christian education. And um, the, the main thing is that the Bible teaches us that God doesn't want us to be ignorant. And it also says in 2 Timothy 2.15 that we should study for ourselves. And what I'm witnessing a lot in 2018 is that people are becoming too dependent on people who have church titles and positions. When we're supposed to have, I believe, (laughs) our own personal relationship with God. So if we believe that Jesus is the word made flesh, how are we going to have a relationship with him if we don't have a relationship with the word? And so, again, we will go to church as spectators and sit there and wait on somebody 
to sing us happy, wait on somebody Mm. to tell us what God says, Mm -hmm. when that is not what the Bible itself teaches us. It teaches us Mm. that we're supposed to study for ourselves and that people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And because we have gotten to a place where we are so dependent on somebody else to share with us what God supposedly said, we are being easily misled. And, you know, sometimes when I hear things, I can get real upset. But then, again, when you study the Bible, you realize that the false prophets are foretold to us in the Bible throughout the text. And so none of the things that might upset me today is coming as a surprise to God. So, see, I get immediate comfort when I realize, okay, God knew that this was going to happen. You know, so why should I be mad because this is happening? Mm. But, but again, um, traveling, I've, I've been blessed. I've traveled all over the country and halfway around the world. I meet people who are uncomfortable with the church and uncomfortable with the scriptures. And so my whole point and my whole purpose in writing this book is to get people back to the comfort that the scriptures were originally intended to provide. The title is based in Romans 15 and 4, which says that whatsoever things were written before time were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. And, again, in 2018, we all need patience, we all need comfort, and we all need hope. And that's what this book is intended to do, to help people find their own patience, their own comfort, and their own hope that is available, readily available to the, to us through the scriptures. Amen. You know, I, you know, I, I think everything you said is just so profound because sometimes we forget, you know, like you said, what the scriptures were originally designed for, which was to provide comfort. You know, what Psalms 119 and 11 says, your word I have hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. Those scriptures are there for us to put in our heart so that we can know that we know that we know what we're talking about when, we, when we're faced with an adversity, when we're first with, faced with a trial or tribulation. You just said that, uh, what, what did the Bible say? Um, that uh, the weapons may be formed against us, but they're not going to prosper. So the weapons are coming. The trials and the tribulations, they're coming. But we can find and comfort see, what, in what the And see, what you scriptures. just said there is that, and see, Jesus said that. Um, he said, in this world, you're going to have trials and, and tribulations, but you can be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And see, again, when we listen to some people with titles and positions, they will make you think, well, if you come to my church, you know, you're not mm. going to have any problems anymore. Everything's going to disappear, and, you know, it's going to be all good. You know, you're going to come in, the next thing you're going to know, you're going to have a, a lot of money in the bank, and you're going to have um, a big driving a fancy car and you know and everything is just going to be wonderful and right and that is not what the word teaches us we're going to have trials and tribulations but he's going to be there with us through our trials and our tribulations and and you know and i could go so many things come to my mind but you know just looking back over this past year the people who have died and committed suicide and those people had all kinds of material things, 
but they mm. didn't have a relationship with God that sustained them. So, you know, we need to exercise some common sense. You know, we need yes. to stop thinking that if we can wear the right shoes and live in the right neighborhood <laughs> and drive the Come right on, car, please. that we're not going to yes. have any problems. But see, for mm. itself, and I heard um, a minister preach this um, this message uh, a couple of years ago, and it has stayed with me. You know, when he was talking about people complaining, you know, and saying, you know, oh, God, I got to buy tires for my car. Oh, God, I got to mm. get uh, my roof fixed, and oh, I got to do. But see, what you have to understand is that if you got to buy tires for your car, that means that you have a car. Somebody walking Amen. or riding the bus. So you got to recognize that there's a blessing even in the middle of that. If you got to Mm. come up with money to put a roof on your house, that means you got a house. When somebody else is homeless or living in an apartment. So we got to, as you said, we got to start to look at these things through spiritual eyes as opposed to looking at them in our carnal flesh. Yes. And it's not always easy to do. No, 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 no. Let no. the Holy Spirit lead you. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. That's 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 one thing we do here. So, you know, and I think it's important that you say that because it happens too many times. We forget. We get comfortable and we forget. You know, our pastor preached today a sermon about uh, what growth looks like. And, you know, he said the Bible says, you know, you can come to Jesus as you are. He says, come as you are, but you can't follow as you are. Stay like there you has are. to be a That's change right. that takes place when you come. After you come, there has to be some type of transformation that is taking place. Oh and God. and that is what happens when you read and study the scriptures. That facilitates that growth. And um, I believe it's in Roman where where it talks about that when you look back over what you've been through, then that helps you have confidence when you come into whatever your next trial or whatever your next test is. So, see, people look at me and, you know, just look at me on the outside, and I'm so grateful that I don't look like what I've been through. So people just look at me on the outside, and they don't understand, you know, like they're talking about layoffs and, and different problems here, there, and whatever. And those things happen, and I just continue to go on with my life, and I don't get caught up with stress. But, see, I know that, as you said, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he brought me through what I've already been through, he's going to take me through what I'm going through and the next test. And it's like my faith muscle has been exercised. And (laughs) and, uh, I've got strength to take me through. So, you know, I don't get, and, again, that's why I don't have high blood pressure anymore. I I don't get stressed over what happens because, again, I do know in whom I believe, and I do have heart knowledge, not just head knowledge. I have experience with him. And so in my book, again, I'm sharing things now that I haven't even put in a book yet, but in my book I start off with my own personal testimony. So that people know, I'm very transparent, so that people know, you know, I'm not writing this from an academic standpoint. You know, even though I have two um, um, theological uh, degrees, I'm not writing this from uh, an academic perspective. I'm writing this from a very personal perspective. Personal, yes. 
Yes, my own testimony. And so, you know, and see, I, 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 I mentioned it in the book. But, see, after, um, after um, I graduated from college with honors, I went through a period of about two years when I was homeless. Mm-hmm. And people didn't even know it. But I was having mm-hmm. to talk to friends. God is good. I never ended up in the shelter. I never had to stay on the street. But I had to talk to friends more so than my family and ask them, can I stay at your house tonight? So, see, you also mm-hmm. mentioned that I was a member of and I am a, a member of the Mississippi Mass Choir. So Mississippi yes. Mass Choir is celebrating this year our 30th year anniversary. That was a blessing to me from God as I lost my parents. And um, as an only child, I never really had very many blood family members. Mississippi Mm. Mass became my family. And choir started in 88. I started to build a relationship with them in 88. In 89, both my parents were deceased. And so... And we were traveling at that time all over the the country, and again, I said halfway around the world. And so we would do like seven cities in nine days. And so that gave me a place. I was literally living out of a suitcase, but it gave me a place Mm -hmm. to stay. And so when the choir wasn't traveling, I'd call people, and I was like, okay, we're going to be in town for a few days. Can I stay at your house? And I would stay at different people's homes until the next time the choir had to go out onto a trip. And so, Mm -hmm. again, you know, as far as people were concerned, you know, I'm traveling with the number one choir gospel group in the country, and they didn't know I was homeless. Even the choir members are just now realizing Mm -hmm. that I was homeless. But, you know, just like God... uh, fed uh, Moses and, and, and the Hebrews in, in, in the wilderness with, with manna from heaven, and, and, and the prophet was felt with the, fed by the raven. I've been there. I've been yes. there. Yes. I didn't know for years from one day to the next where my next meal was coming from, but I didn't my lose God. a pound. Yes, I didn't God. know when I was Praise in God. college, uh, I was, had to commute to college. Because both my parents were sick, so I couldn't stay on campus, even though I had a full academic scholarship that would have covered my room and board and tuition. I couldn't stay on campus because I had to be home every day to take care of my parents. And so I didn't know (laughs) I would come home at the end of the day and my car would be on fumes. A hand Mm. would be on empty. And I didn't know how I was going to make it back to school the next day. But let me tell you, I never missed a day of school. Never Jesus. missed Hallelujah. a day of school. Somehow yes. or another, God always provided me with what I needed for the next day. And so when you know, when you have that kind of experience with him, little stuff, yes. like I said, he never said he'd never leave me nor forsake me. So, see, these yes. words are true to me. It's not just words that are written on the pages of a book. I know Mm -hmm. him like that. I've experienced him like that. And, again, I want other people to get to know him like that. This is not a thing that's just for Rhonda. It says, whosoever will, whosoever believeth in me. So it's not just, you know, he's he's not a respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. 
And so that's what I have is a faith-based relationship. And that's what I want other people to have. Well, you know, you said you said that all these things that you went through, and you know, taking care of your mother and your father, you lost your parents, and being able to uh, um, travel with your automobile on funerals, not knowing whether you were going to go, where you were going to sleep, you know, from night after night while you were traveling. But God knows, and you know, and we just talked about this, and Bible study when when Jesus met the woman at the well, He knew everything about her, everything exactly. about her. So God already knew that you were going to endure those things. He already knew. He, because you know why? Because you had to go through those things for such a time as this. Exactly. To be able to write exactly. about it. Comfort in the exactly. scripture. That personal exactly. relationship. Yes. Exactly. So and knew. I mean, and I, 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 wanted, I have to be there. honest. It was very yes. difficult during that time. And I, and I have to be very honest. It was very difficult because I had been, quote, unquote, you know, all of us have sinned and come short. But I had been a good child who grew up in the church. I had taken care of my parents. And I had graduated from college with honors. And instead of things getting better, they seemed to get worse. And certainly I had to ask myself why. Why, why, why? But like you said, now I have a testimony. And I yes. understand, and I have compassion for people who are going through difficult times that uh, I wouldn't have if everything had always been good for me. You know, if I hadn't mm. been through some difficult A lot of things that people are in the midst of, you know, instead of me being judgmental and criticizing them, see, okay, so let me be real. I was tempted by prostitution. I never went there. But, you know, there were men who saw me and knew Mm. that I didn't have anything, you know. Mm. And some of them, let me be real honest, some of them were men in the church. My God. So, you know, they Mm. offered to be my sugar daddy or whatever to hook me up. Mm. But I trusted God, and I never went there. Okay, so yes, there were times when I thought I was going to lose my mind, and I thought if I took a drink or maybe I might try this marijuana or some of the other things that other people were doing, that that might help me get through the day. But I never did that because, again, I had that relationship. So I was tempted, but he did not tempt me above that which I was able with with the temptation. He always provided a way of escape. Always, 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 always present in my life. So, but again, when I see somebody, you know, okay, so I I, uh, minister frequently in homeless shelters and other facilities such as that. See, you know, I got my, I got a whole closet full of clothes that I call my gospel diva clothes. So, yeah, I can pull out the rhinestone <laughs> suits and all that and the pumps and all of Come that. On. But most of the time when I go and minister, I have on some blue jeans or uh, a sweatsuit or something, yes. T-shirts, T-shirts yes. and blue jeans, and I go into where there are people who really may not know Christ or um, they may have lost their faith. And so I go in and see people know when you're real, okay? People know when you're real. 
And so when I tell them, Steve, when I was going through my hard time, they didn't have the nice EBT cards or whatever. They had actual food stamps. Food stamps. So I yes, had paper. to learn. <laughs> yes. Yes. And with the book, and you had to, you know, and people could see you standing up yes. there at the checkout trying to flip through the book and go through, and yes. they knew your situation, you know, because it was apparent. Oh but so God. I, uh, see, we sometimes we'll look at a homeless person or whatever, and we'll turn our nose up mm-hmm. if they have body odor or they're dirty or something. But, see, I had to learn how to take food stamp because, see, you can buy candy and lobster and steak with food stamp, but you can't buy soap. <laughs> Come on. Okay. So I had to learn how Mm -hmm. to take the food stamp and buy a a package of gum or something and then let them give me the change back. And then I just say the change and buy the soap. Mm -hmm. So, see, when I can tell that kind of story to people who are going through their hard times, see, they know that I know what I'm talking about. And that oh, yeah. I'm not just somebody up, you know, with a title and a position and whatever coming down to look down my nose on them. But I can actually relate to where they are and what they're going through. And then I can share my testimony. So, see, and, and trust me when I tell you, I'm not bragging on myself by any means. But, see, I went from being homeless to mm. living in a house with a two-car garage and two cars sitting by the lake, and it's just me and mm. Jesus. I never been married. <laughs> I never broke the law. I have never sold drugs. I have never, I just stood and depended on Jesus. Hallelujah. And he yes, has God. always provided all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Even when I don't have any money in the bank, he always yes, provides. The cattle on a thousand hills belong to him. Oh, yes. Belong to him. So, Amen. And so that's that's what takes care of me, and that's what sustains me. Well, and so, again, you know, I want everybody to that. know him that's like right. that. Yes, that's it. Because he knows us. He knows everything exactly. about us. And, and I want to I want to go here, and I want to read from James, the first chapter. Tells us, and you're talking about comfort in the scriptures, sis. When you go to the, talking about the trials and the tribulations that you went through, but see, again, because it was for such a time as this, for this interview, for the people that you ministered to, for the people that you witnessed to, those trials and tribulations that you endured, you were profiting from the trials even back then because the word tells us, my brother, and count it all joy when you fall yes. into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, endurance, perseverance. So even back then, if you could not see it through your natural eyes and didn't have the ability to see it through your spiritual eyes because Jesus knew you and God knew all about you, he knew that you were going to make it out. He provided the ways of escape because he knew you had to write the book. You had to tell the story. And it's difficult for the average person to believe that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. I know that. It is hard, again, you know, nobody's denying 
that is difficult to go through the trials and the tribulations. But you can stand on, I'm telling you, you can stand on the fact that somehow or another, you know, our mind is not like his mind, somehow or another, (laughs) it's going to work together for our good if you love the Lord and if you know that you have been called according to his purpose. It's going to work together for your good. And before he gives you that, he's going to give you exceedingly and abundantly. See, I was living in when the house that I lost was a two-bedroom house with a carport. The house I live in now is a four-bedroom house where they say Job got double for the trouble with a two-car garage. So, mm-hmm. you know, you just got to know it. You just got to know it. You got to hold on. That's when your faith is Jesus. tested. That's when the relationship is tested when you are going through. And, again, if you hold on and make it through, then the next time a challenge comes, all you got to do is look back over your life and remember, okay, if he brought me through that, he's going to take me through this. That's all, that's really when you get your own relationship and your own yes. experience. That's all yes. you got to do is look back Personal. over your life and remember yes. what he's already Amen. done for you. Amen. You know, you said, you, you, you went back to Isaiah and when you said, my thoughts are not your thoughts and neither are your ways my ways. You know, God said mm-hmm. that. And I, and I love yes. how my pastor broke that down one day, and he said, you don't think like me, and I don't act like you. So <laughs> are we, uh, and that's something. When he said that, I tell you, I was jumped out the pew because of my God. I just want to say, Lord, thank you so much for revealing that, the way that, that, that it was revealed to me on that day. My thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways. Lord, and I just want exactly. to say, Lord, I thank you, God, for, you know, that you don't think like me. Because I don't always think right. We don't always exactly. think the things that we're supposed to think. And thank God that no, he don't, don't act like we act. Because we don't Amen. do the things that we're supposed to do. So I tell you, and you, you know. know and in the, in the midst of all of this, um, what really grieves me is the people um because I think you kind of asked me this before, who is the book for? The book is for people who are outside of the church. It's for people who are in the church, but it's also for people who are out there still looking for something. And because people have abused and misused the scriptures, people don't want to have anything to do with the Bible, don't want to have anything to do with the church. And so everything about my book, the cover and the language that I use, again, I'm not trying to impress anybody with my education. Uh, the language that I use, the, the, the design, everything about the design in the book is for anybody and everybody who has been uncomfortable with the Bible yes. and with the church yes. for any reason is to get them back to the comfort. The cover of the book is really pretty. The language is very simple. It and is so beautiful. You cover. can get in there. <clears throat> and you can get, excuse me, 
your start to develop your relationship and you know yeah. if don't let what people have done because we are all human and so some people yeah. who are quote unquote going to church you know they may have said some things sometimes we might mean well but we'll use the bible as an offensive weapon and we'll only mm. tell people, oh, you're doing this and you're doing that and you're going to hell. <laughs> but it doesn't talk oh about, God. we don't share with them the love and kindness and the tender mercies and the yes. grace that yes. comes with a relationship with Christ. We don't tell them that there's no condemnation to those who are mm. in Christ Jesus. We're too busy condemning folks for what they've done when in actuality we've done some of the same thing. So we oh, need word. to share Christ in a more positive <laughs> yeah. kind of way. Amen. Amen. And, you know, and, and that's good. I'm glad you said that because we do. And sometimes it's, it's the church folks and, and we so quick to point our finger at the next person. And like you said, because they don't look like us or they don't smell like us and they don't walk like us or drive what we drive or live how we live. So we have a, a, a content to look down upon them. And the first thing we do is pull out the book. You want to pull out the Bible and quote a scripture and sometimes we quote Beat somebody else. Yes, instead of just like you said, using it to draw them in, to let them know that, hey, it doesn't matter what you've done. God says that he is there, that you are the righteousness of God that you are the head and not the tail, that you are above and not beneath, exactly. and that Jesus loves you, and that he will and forgive see, there's, you there's all another sin. thing. There's another thing that's going around right now that, that is really, really troubling me, and it's particularly true among um, young people of color. And they are saying, you know, that it's the white man's religion, or that the, it, the book is a book of fiction. There's a lot of people who think that King James, an Englishman, wrote the Bible and that it was a book of fiction that has been written to control people of color. And that is just not true. And I'm just not, I can't go into all of the academics behind it, but we need to know that the text predates King James, okay? And we need to understand that, it's, that there's diversity in the people. When you study the Bible for yourself, you know, you, you understand that we're talking about Hebrews, we're talking about Ethiopians, we're talking about Egyptians who are in uh, Africa. And so we need to understand that there's diversity in the Bible. And that, right. yes, the Bible has been taken out of context and it's been abused, but the Bible tells us that God so loved the world, not a segment yes. of the population, but the, the world. world. And yes. so whosoever, again, whosoever mm -hmm. believeth in him. So it's not just for one segment of the population. The word works for everybody if you work it. If you work it. <laughs> If you work the if word, work it will it. work for you. Yes. And like I just stated in the beginning, we're entitled to all those things because we are under the new covenant. So the healing, uh, the miracles, signs and wonders, we're entitled to all those things. And, and, and again, like I said, the, the same reason the world won't be saved, even though Jesus died for our sins, is the same reason people get sick, even as Christians. You got to reach out. I'm telling you, you got to take what Jesus gave us through faith. 
and that we as the believers, the ambassadors for Christ, we're entitled to those things. It's ours. Amen. Even though we're not deserving of it is. Amen. Oh, no, no, it's, it's because of his grace. It's because yes, of his it grace, is. and it's because of the love that he has for us. And he's faithful. Even when it's not, we cannot earn it. We we cannot earn it. It is it's, no, it's because of His love. So you know. So oh, I'm not trying to earn anything from Him. I'm just trying. Everything that I do is just my way of saying thank you. What I yes, do, God. my witness, and everything that I do is my way of saying thank you. It's not that I'm trying to earn. You know, God's goodness. That's that's a gift. You know, and we are in the holiday yeah. season. And so, again, I want, you know, while people are struggling, trying to figure out how they're going to buy this gift or buy that gift, mm-hmm. I want people mm-hmm. to open up and use the gift that God has already given us because Jesus really is the reason for the season. For the so season. open up yes, the gift yes. that God has given us and, and utilize that. And, and be blessed and be a blessing to others. And don't stress out oh, over God. the material things. Seek first Amen. the kingdom of heaven, and then the things Amen. will be added. Amen. Amen. We, You know, I keep going back to, uh, you know, my teaching because um, I'm just so grateful that we that God has really placed us in a good place to grow. And, and the things that our pastors talked about today was just that, you know, people are looking for, the things to be good, but it is the who, which is Jesus, that is the good. And so we have him. We have all that we need. All the other things will fall into place. Seek ye first. We have to do that. And and I like the fact that the book that you've written really teaches that, and, and, and and it calls out to those, like you said, sometimes who may never pick up the Bible. It may never, you know, they may never pick up the Bible, but they can, they can go to different books and, and you know, and, and different things that people have written. And, you know, the guy had given them instructions to write, to reach the world, to, to talk about deliverance, to talk about what it takes to be saved, to talk about what it takes to be healed, to talk about perseverance and prayer, the importance of prayer, and how powerful prayer really can be. Like I, I, like I told you, in my book, Broken Wings, there were many scriptures that kept me. Oh, my God. There were, and, and they were so profound and they were so powerful in keeping me. I, I had to be obedient and I had to add them in my book because I don't know what I would have done if I couldn't have just opened up my Bible and picked up a, 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 a scripture, you know, to just, uh, pick up, pick up my pick up my Bible and, and turn to Matthew fourteen and fourteen. It says, "I'm moved with compassion toward the sick and I heal them." First Peter two and twenty four. By my stripes you are healed. Psalms one forty seven and three. He heals the broken heart and he binds up their wounds. So there is comfort in the scripture. There is comfort in the scripture, and I and I want and our what I, I audience to know that. I refer to my book as an appetizer <clears throat> because, again, even people who have been in church for a long time, they are not working and operating in all of the benefits that yes. come with having a relationship. So, oh, but 
for those who are dependent on somebody else to give them a word from God, for those who uh, have never tasted and been able to see that God is good, again, my book is, is an appetizer. And I yes. pray and I believe that once you get through my little book, you will be hungering and thirsting after righteousness, and you yes. will want to pick up the Bible and study for yourself yes. and find your That's own it. comfort, your own relationship. Well, I want to uh, remind our listeners, we are here with the anointed Minister Rhonda K. Smith, author of Comfort in the Scriptures. And we are, we've just been blessed this evening, you know, by the things that she shared with us on this evening. And I'm just so happy and honored to have her here. And I want to uh, let our listeners know that uh, we are opening up our phone lines time uh, because we are, we are gearing down to the end of our interview time. And I want to open up the lines for Anyone who would like to speak with the author who may want to ask a question or just have a comment, if you are listening and you found comfort in the scriptures, if there's something that you've dealt with, if there's been a challenge that you've had to face or, you know, any type of calamity or any tragic event that you've endured and you just truly find comfort in the scriptures and you would like to make a comment or, or talk with the author, please do so. Uh, you can dial in. If you're listening uh, by phone already and you want to uh, chime in, you just press the number one on your keypad. And if those that are listening via the Internet, you would like to dial in, please dial 657-383-0898. That's 657-383-0898 to speak with our author, and again, this is Minister Rhonda K. Smith. She is the author of Comfort in the Scriptures, and again, Miss um, Smith, we're just so happy and elated to have you with us on this evening, and I know that those that are listening have been blessed thus far. I want to talk about uh, some things that motivate you to keep writing, and, and I know I heard you say that there are some books, some other things that God has been tugging on you and has given you the vision to write. So let's talk about the things that are motivating you to keep you going. Um, because, the again, it's about being obedient for me. It's about being obedient to Christ. I understand that my life is here, that I'm supposed to be uh, a living testimony. And so that is what motivates me to write. And so to those out there who may be aspiring writers, I, I want to say that the first thing you need to do is to examine yourself and see if, in fact, you have something to say. You know, are you thinking that you want to be a writer because, you know, it's going to somehow elevate your status in the public's eye? Um, examine your motivation for being a writer. And if you are struggling to write, then maybe that is not your calling. Um, you know, and I and I want you to really look at, you know, I think oftentimes people get quote unquote writer's block because they're worried about how what they write is going to reflect on them. I think that they're writing trying to impress somebody and they're worried oh, about how it's going to be critiqued. 
But one of the things that I do in my workshops is that I tell people that it's all about communication. Whether you're writing or whether you're speaking, the most important thing is actual communication, is that you share something that is within you with somebody else and that they leave that situation better than they were before they encountered you. So I think that that's the first thing. Make sure you actually have something to say. And then there's going to be an editor who will come behind you and clean up your grammar and your punctuation. So make sure that you have something to say and let it flow out of you. And so, yes, I'm I'm a very, very, very busy person, but... um, I have at least three books that are, I have, well, I should say I have notes for at least three books. And I keep my phone or other recording device by my bedside. And so Amen. when I get inspired uh, and, I, and about a particular topic or a particular chapel, chapter, I roll over in the bed and I'll just pick it up and I'll dictate it into my phone. Mm-hmm. And then at some point down the line, I'll clean it up. And, you know, and I, I keep all of these, I, like I said, I got notes on three or four other books. And so, again, it's not about you being able to sit down to a keyboard and have everything flow. It needs to flow out of your spirit. It needs to flow out of your heart. Yes. It needs to flow out of your Amen. mind. And it needs to flow out of your spirit. I I, I so totally agree with you on that. Uh, I, I tell you myself, not only do I dictate to myself, I have a journal in various rooms in my house, and I also text myself often. Uh, when the yes. Lord gives me something <laughs> yes. or I hear something, I'll text it to myself. Or I, 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 a lot of times people ask me, because I carry a big purse, it's because I'm always I'm jotting stuff down and I drop it in my purse and then I go back and, and I take it out and I meditate on it and I just allow the Spirit of God to, to speak to me in regards to this thing that I've written down or this content that I've written down. And so uh, I truly believe that. And also I wanted to say this. Um, I, I don't, There are several people who've, who've written books because someone else has. And I personally, and this is just me personally, I don't believe in writer's block because I believe if God has given you something, then it is going to flow. You're not going to yes. have to try to try to – squeeze it out of your brain or, or try to figure out what I want to say next. And, and I, I truly believe that that the anointing oil will, will just flow and you'll be able to write what thus says the Lord because what you're writing, the things that you've gone through in your life, it's never for you. I say this all the time. It's always to bless someone else. So God has taken you through, allowed you to go through any type of trial or tribulation. Like we already said, he knows all about us, so he already knows we're going to come out. He's got us. And and, and, it, and it's for us to go out and be a blessing, you know, to be able to inspire and motivate others, to show them that God is a master healer, that he can do all things but fail. And if he did it for me, then he can do it for you. Um, out of the exactly. six billion people in the world, there's somebody somewhere that has gone through what you've gone through in life or that is going to go through what you've gone through in life. And so they will be able to find that hope through your testimony. 
And and so I totally agree with what you just said. And and I and I am gonna be praying with you and for you that as you know, God opened doors and that his hand of favor stay upon you as you write and uh and to to share with those what he is giving you to write. I want you to uh, to share with our listeners if you have about any upcoming events that you may have. Um, uh, that you, or that you want to share with everybody. Okay, we're taking some time off right now for the holidays and preparing. You mentioned, I think, earlier. So what we've been doing the past <laughs> month or so is preparing for our activities in the new year. And yeah. so I don't have anything confirmed right now that I'm willing to share with people. But what I've been doing is I've been meeting with uh, representatives from various libraries, and so we're in the process of getting the book in the Mm -hmm. library. I've been meeting with chaplains from um, various juvenile detention centers and government officials so that we can get the book in the hands of those people who are suffering and who are incarcerated and looking for a way to turn their lives around. I've been working with people in hospice care so that we can get the book in the hand of those people who, like you, may be caring for someone who is sick. You mentioned that the caregiver needs support as well. It's not just the person who may be sick. So we're working Mm -hmm. to try to get the book into those facilities too. And that can be a very complicated process in some cases because family members have told me that they can't just send things in to their relatives who are incarcerated for various reasons. And so those are the kinds of things. We're also talking to um, the um, owners and establishments of various uh, bookstores. I have been working with just Christian bookstores, but we're also now reaching out to um, 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 mainstream bookstores and trying to see what we need to do to get the book in in the hands of those organizations. So that's what this is a period of planning and preparation for the next level that God has taken us to in um, 2019. Amen. I want you to um, share with everyone how they can connect with you and how they can purchase your book. Okay, you can go to my website, which is Speak Up for Small Fries, um, which translates into Speaking Up for the Little People. And um, But it's speakupforsmallfries.com. And you're able to order my book from my website. You can follow me on Facebook as Rhonda's Comfort Scriptures. You can follow me um, on Instagram and Twitter as Speak Comfort. And all either one of those, um, excuse me, either one of those social media sites will take you back to my website. And you'll be, we do a good job of generally getting the orders mailed out within seven to ten business days. So just go to my website, speak up for Small Fries, and the book is available for for you there. And I'm also interested in um, doing personal appearances and workshops, particularly for new members and young people. Uh, We do workshops to teach people how to, again, for the beginners. Oftentimes we drop new converts right into the middle of a situation, and we think that they need to just play catch-up. But people who didn't grow up in the church, they might not understand all of the little things, the church jargon that we use, and they might just get into, you know, we have people in church who dance 
dancing and they don't really know what they're dancing for. They're dancing because they see other people dance. And we want to give them a real foundation and a real understanding of who and what Christ Jesus is. And so I do workshops for new members and for for young people to, again, help them find that foundation and get their relationship. So you can also um, book me for special appearances, uh, personal appearances, by going to my website, speakupforsmallfries.com. Amen. Well, Minister Sir, we are down to our bonus question for the evening, and I want you to share in your own words, what does the word conqueror mean to you? Well, see, when you first say that, I I remember it says in Romans that we are more than conquerors. And being more than a conqueror, excuse me, being more than a conqueror means that we're not going to just survive it. We're going to come out on it thriving. You know, it says when you've been tried by the fire, you come out as pure gold. So that's what it means to be more than a conqueror. It's not just getting through it. It's overcoming it and coming out at a higher level than you were in, at a higher place than you were before you went through that trial, before you went through that test. And we are more than conquerors. Amen, amen. I tell you, this has been an awesome interview. What just what an amazing testament of hope and healing. And Minister Rhonda, I just want to thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing your heart and your journey with our listeners on this evening. And I want to personally encourage you to just keep pressing forward as you make an impact in the kingdom. Keep teaching and inspiring those that you come into contact with. Just keep changing lives and and being a game changer that you are. I just want to say thank you so very much. Is there anything else you would like to say to the listeners? No, I just want to say to you, thank you so much for the work that you're doing, and I actually want to be like you when I grow up, have my own radio stuff. But um, I thank Amen. you so much for giving me the opportunity to to be on your broadcast and to share my heart and to share my testimony. And I pray that all of your listeners are indeed um, blessed and encouraged by knowing uh, what I've been through. And I hope that they will know that God is not a respecter of persons and what he has done for me, he will do for you, and he will do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can ask or think, but you only have to believe and trust him. Amen. That's it. You guys have heard it. And so I just want to say thank you. We've had an amazing show on tonight. Uh, I tell you, just had an awesome woman of God on tonight, and, you know, she stood firm tonight and shared her testimony of hope and healing. And from her own lips, she stated that no weapon formed against you will prosper. She said that God did not promise, promise us that those trials would not come, but he promised that they would not prosper. She says that you have to be grateful that you don't look like what you've been through and that it's in your relationship. It's the relationship that's important. you got to have a heart knowledge and not just head knowledge. And so I just want to say thank you. I'm just so grateful for having her on. And I want to remind you all that we are having a challenge 
Uh, I know that there are many of you out there that are wanting to write your book in 2019. Well, I have um, I've been sitting in silence, and God has been working, and my brain and the wheels have been turning, and I am going to be uh, opening up a free challenge December 26th through the 29th. It's a four-day challenge for you all, anyone who wants to participate you will leave those, after those four days, you will have your outline completed. The outline is your blueprint, your guideline for writing your book in 2019. So for those that would like to participate, again, it's December 26th through the 29th, and the challenge is called Write the Vision and Make It Plain Challenge. And if for those of you listening, if you have a Facebook account, you just go into Facebook and in the search, type in, write the vision, make it plain challenge. It'll take you to the group. I've created a Facebook group for those that will be participating in the challenge. During those four days, I will be with you each and every day giving you instructions, giving you the knowledge and the resources that you need to start and complete your outline, your blueprint that you will use to write your book. Tell your story, your testimony of hope and healing in 2019. So I want to remind you guys also, um, if you're out there, you're listening, and you would like to have your own radio show, we are opening up opportunities to partner with us here on the Conference Cafe to actually do just that. For more information on how to become a partner with us and share this platform and uh, have your own show, please email me for details. You can email me at info, I-N-F-O, at twiloread.com. That's info at T-W-Y-L-I-A-R-E-I-D.com. All right, everyone, that is our show for this evening here on the Conference Cafe, and I pray that the show tonight has just blessed your socks off, and I invite you guys to join us again right here, same place, same time, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, next Sunday night. And as we close, I want you to remember this. We all know that life can sometimes present a series of events that can lead us down certain paths in life that can lead to discouragement, it can lead to frustrations, and even sometimes destruction. But we must remember that it is our relationship, there it is again, our relationship with God that sustains us when we reach our limit and we want to quit in our journey. We can do two things. You can stand firm, dig deep, and keep persevering, or you can turn back to those familiar things that weren't good for you. Remember, the choice that you make has the power to alter the course of your destiny for the rest of your life. Thank you all for listening, and remember to keep making the impossible possible by spreading your own broken wings and soaring by the power of God as you turn and transform your tragedy into empowering moments. Until next time, I'm your host, Arthur Swallow Reed, your Tragedy to Strategy Mentor. For speaking engagements or consultation, please email me at info at com, or you can contact me by phone at 912-335-3799. Or if you have a testimony of hope and healing that you would like to share with the world, let's connect 
Again, you can reach me at info at twilightweed.com. Take care. God bless you all. Have an amazing, blessed week. Good night. a little bit, y'all.
have got to finish strong in every area of your life. And I want you to remember who you really are. Your name really is Victory. God bless you, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.